So, Karen, you know, I never thought I would say these words, but I am excited about my gut. Me too. It's fascinating to think that if you've got all the right bacteria in there, then it can have a positive effect on your hormones. And at our age, it's all about the hormones. I mean, it affects your sleep. It affects your bowel movements. Uh, vaginal health, hot flashes and bloating. I hate bloating. Oh, no, me too, me too. Well, we're two weeks into taking our Better Gut supplements and I am excited to see if it makes a difference. So far, so good for me. Are you remembering to take them? Yes, once a day with my meal. Good stuff, good stuff. Try the Better Gut today to support you through a better menopause. Visit www.thebettermenopause.com to find out more about the science and order your supplements today. With delivery straight to your door and the supplements coming in convenient, portable packaging, they will easily blend into and support any busy lifestyle. You can also sign up to their newsletter and join their thriving community. Right now, you can receive 15% off your first order with my special code. That's K15, K-A-Y-E 15, all one word. That's www.thebettermenopause.com and the code is K15. This week on the How To Be 60 podcast, Colleen Nolan on why it was her sister Linda who made her face her fears and embark on a solo tour for the first time ever at the age of 58. It was when Linda was re-diagnosed when the cancer had gone to Linda's brain. And and I sat here and thought, oh God, when I get to a point, whenever that is where I just can't do things anymore, what are the things I'm going to regret? And one of them was performing. It's scaring the shit out of me <laughs> Off you go <laughs> Sorry, off your trot That's what I was going to say I know, I'll shut up as well Well, hello lovely listeners Welcome to another right good dose Of How To Be 60 With me, Kay Adams and <laughs> uh, Mackenzie Oh, no, I know it doesn't quite sit right, does I it? I told you, if you're going to have your own line, you have to just give it something. I'm sorry, I'm still thinking of you saying off your trot and then having the trots and then you said, all right, he doze off and it just all kind of comes together. <laughs> <laughs> to a pile of shit. Yeah, great. And there it is, that's the end. Yeah. See, I think, no, we've got to make this mean something. I mean, we have asked people if they can get a tagline for you. So it's podcast at htb60.com. What's Karen's tagline? Mm. I was thinking about it. How about La Mackenzie? Well, that is in The Mackenzie. Yeah, you know, like The Clap. <laughs> the dog's bollocks. You know, I think that gives it a bit of oh, heft. La, no, and if you stuttered, it'd be la la, and then I said a bit do la la. You know, that's not going to work. Well, it's actually it's working really well. <laughs> it's even better than I thought. A bit more, a bit more juice in it. I don't know. Something la Mackenzie. No, no, not happening. No, no. no maybe right. I'll just go back to blinking cat. By the way, before we crack on, can I apologise for taking the piss out of your teeth? I did actually feel quite bad after that. Really? <laughs> I did. Well, I not did. bad enough to apologise. I'm apologising now. I'm, sure. I'm apologising now. What's changed? It, it was bad of me to say that you had crooked yellow teeth that need fixed. And I... Um... Are you worried I'm going to invoice you? That would be a <laughs> bloody shocker, wouldn't it? That would shut you up. I know. I'm sorry. Okay? I am sorry. Right. Now, you left here in a this bit of a rush. Settling. Last time, didn't you? Which, yes, apologies. I did yeah, actually. You can apologise to me. No, for no, that. no. So that was embarrassing. I need. Was it? Well, we had a guest on. We had Dr. Claire Bailey, who's on tour with her husband. Didn't mind. It was near the end. It was only the bingo to go, Chris. I could have just given you that. I mean, I might as well. Anyway, so Dr. Claire Bailey, and you're sort of drumming your fingers. You're making no secret. You need to go. Because I needed to get home before dark, right? Because in the morning I'd been out with the dog, Stephen and I had been out with the dog, and uh, I came across this pile of cut wood that had obviously come down in the storms, as I say, every cloud. And I thought that'd be fantastic. So I spoke to the guys and said, What's happening to the wood? And they said, Basically, you can take it if you want. So we needed to go back a lot before it got too dark, but oh my god. God, it was teeming down by the time we got there. And the good thing was there weren't many people in the park at that time because it was dark. So you were in the woods, in, in the dark. In the camper van. Picking up in yes. the camper van. 
picking up <laughs> bits of logs that had fallen down in the storms. And it's been a while since I've managed. For the fire? For the fire? For goodness sakes, for the fire? <laughs> no, I mean, I'd... I'm going back to the button bin. I didn't use some to buy any wood. I'd be picking up wood left, right and centre. And then it came to about two years ago and I had to start blinking... Uh, well, I got a chainsaw as a present. All right, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> I got a chainsaw in the present one. The electric one was fine, but when I went on to the petrol one, I, had to be, I was a bit frightened. Could we leave that it. for another day? Yeah, that's Do you fine. mind? Could we so, maybe um, anyway, I got the wood. I was very happy. Thanks very Good much news. indeed. Yeah, so well, apologies, listen, Claire. Just please don't do that because, you know, Claire was very nice about it. But, you know, what if I get like a big name celebrity, you know. they like who? Well, it doesn't matter this week because I've only got Colleen Nolan, but that doesn't oh. mean. <laughs> you are horrible, aren't you? <laughs> I'm like, she's big mates with Donny Osmond. If you're nice to her, we might get him. I was more of David Cassidy. It's probably wrong to say that. Uh, David Cassidy was no, my... No, 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 I don't think she met David Cassidy. She had a thing with Jimmy, anyway. She had a thing um, with who? Jimmy, Jimmy Summer. No, he was no, he, Jimmy, Jimmy Osmond. But Jimmy, he was young. She'll deny it, but you know, good news and bad news mm -hmm, with Colleen. Now, the good news is she's not a closed book like Sean Wallace, because nice. it's quite hard to get anything out. You can ask so. her all your cheeky questions, and she'll she'll either tell you to piss off or whatever. So that's good. Also, she's a bit like you. And you know, state. she stays friends with all her exes and things. Quite sort of. I think it's quite normal to stay just because you had a boyfriend for Ian. I think it's actually quite normal to stay um, in touch with your exes. In know, fact, actually, we're going out for a meal next week, which is the Christmas one. Do you remember when Linda? That's oh, I the, yeah. go on then. Go on. Who's Linda? Linda is. I'm going to call Richard my husband, the father of your right. children's present wife. Wife, that's right. Right. Okay. So Linda couldn't manage it, and even Colleen's confused, and that's even couldn't manage it. So it was quite a small party that went out before Christmas. So we're all going out again for our pre-Christmas dinner next week. So that'll be nice. That'll be nice. And of course, we went um, before we went to Morocco. Uh, we went to. Ag's ex-husband's 60th birthday in London, Matthews. And that was lovely. And and Ag's hadn't partnered. Rowan was there. You just have, I mean So who listens to the podcast? Thanks very much. With the keys on the table. Um but stop it. The thing it's is very healthy, very healthy. The thing is, the downside is you might be a little bit intimidated by Colleen's breasts because they are magnificent they make your is it double d's you're saying yours are now? no they're bigger than that they e for envy it was e for envy i remember that they are not. i'm I mean, a 28e well whatever they are i tell you what colleen's make yours look like marshmallows and not just marshmallows you know when marshmallows kind of shrivel a little bit and just sort of go into themselves come on your breasts are 64 let's not oh, pretend looking at your own picture in the mirror can I just say? Anyway, well, you folding it. I'm not oh, denying it. In a defensive manner, you've got your arms folded right over that chest of yours. They've never been my greatest asset. Anyway, I'm not denying that. Helene is going on tour. The tour is called Naked, but I think mm -hmm. that is just a tagline. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, we'll be speaking to Colleen about that. I had a bit of a bittersweet moment today, actually. What was that? I got a letter in to go for a cervical smear. Oh, smear. right. Yes. And to be honest, I thought at my age, why am I bothering? Okay, you can't even say that in a joke. No, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And actually, we just did a phone in, you know, after King Charles being diagnosed with cancer and stuff. And, and it was really quite moving because actually there was somebody who texted in and said that his wife had died of cancer within a week, really. I mean, from feeling very unwell, yes. hospital tests, you know. And at a later stage, he found... Her, loads and loads of letters to oh her from God. cervical screening and breast screening, which obviously she'd never opened her. Well, for well, whatever reason, some people just oh, kind of oh, don't want to know. Oh. People react differently, don't they? And it really brought me up short because I had been looking at this letter thinking, what the hell's the point? Seriously? Well, it's supposed to be about sexual activity. There's not a lot going on there. And actually, now you're you, admitting it. Now you're finally admitting it. You have probably had your last cervical smear because the screening stops when you're 65. Can you ask for it? Hang on, I'm not quite that age yet. Can no, no, but it? it's every three years. So you will have had your last one. 
Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, grim, isn't it? Well, but that that is it. And 15% of cervical cancers happen in women over the age of 65. But, well, because they're not using condoms. Well, I mean, STIs are going is that, up. But is that because they're not using condoms? I don't know. Though? I haven't asked them, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get oh it. Oh, my God. So Jesus, That's worrying, isn't it? Yeah. So I think I will go for my one last you cervical smear, sort of, for old times' sake, last hurrah. It's never very pleasant, is it? But you know what? Um, to go. I'm hoping they'll give me a ceremonial speculum to take away with me as a sort of, you know, as a keepsake. It's a play thing. It's <laughs> a play thing. I'll, I'll introduce it into Ian and I's foreplay. What do you think of this? Oh, oh God. Having said that, mm. I got a bowel test in as well. Now, that oh, I enjoy. Coming that in, aren't they? I enjoy. I'd be very disappointed if they take away that screening. What do you enjoy it. about putting a bit of poots, trying to smear it into that? I love it. That, seriously? I, I what do you like about it. that? Ian doesn't like doing it, so I do it for him. You do not touch his... I, Oh, well, with the wee stick. Oh, my God. I can do the dogs and I can do my own. There's no way I would touch anyone else's. Oh, no, because he's squeamish about these things. I just tell me when you've done it, leave it there, and I'll take He's care of it. You must love him. No, I love digging little sticks <laughs> into poo. Oh, my God. Is now, here's a funny coincidence. Before we go on, I always have this joke with Colin Nolan. That Colin is, Nolan. Colin, that she's big in Japan. Big in Japan. Big in Japan, because... Uh, <laughs> and she always does that. what she just did, which, which is, is huge. Um, because, well, the, the Nolans, I mean, yes. in Japan, they absolutely loved the Nolans. They got oh the, the God, bloody Beatles when they went to Japan. Um, but do you know what else is big in Japan, apparently? Uh, you're about to tell me, though. Don't know. I what? was just reading this the other day. What? They call it Silver Horn. Is that like older people... Taking yeah. part in people horror. like you, people like <laughs> people you. It's like oh, nice that people like me in retirement. Got a bit of time in your hands. Want to do something on the side, and so they appear in pornographic films. Oh my god, I couldn't do that. Why? Well, somebody I know might watch. But you, well, that's the whole point. You're providing a service. The reason is that in Japan they're so healthy and they live so long. Right. So they've got so many eighty-year-olds or whatever who are still really healthy, and of course they've still got sexual needs and desires, oh. but they don't necessarily want porn from like twenty-year-olds. So oh, you could also be big in Japan. <laughs> you could move there and become. A silver porn star in Japan. How would you fancy that? There is nothing, <laughs> nothing on earth that would... Uh, I don't even know where to go with that. No? Oh, my God. Could you imagine being a porn star? Uh, for a, The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. <laughs> and not even at that, no, it wouldn't happen. Well, could you do that? Oh yeah, yeah, I could definitely do no, that. Should we move right. on to email of the week? I am. I'm, it's left me a bit. Has it left you a bit queasy? Yeah, yes. No. I'm not feeling. Colleen will be yeah. into it. Yeah. You believe me? Do you think? Right, I, I, absolutely. Um, so, email of the week. It's a long one, but it's a nice one, and I chose this for Colleen because it's from Avril, mm -hmm. and Avril says, "I'm almost there." 60 in August, and Colleen's 60th is coming up soon. She says, the shift has begun. A New Zealander pal introduced me to your podcast 18 months ago after I told her I needed more laughter in my life. Good. Your banter and uniqueness of every guest hits the spot, and I look forward to hearing you both every week. Originally, I'm from Brody Ferry, but I've spent most of my life in Adelaide, Australia. Um, and I go back and forward to visit family. She loves our Scottishisms. <laughs> Um, Thanks, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And she said, if you could send her some tablet, that would be lovely. But hold I'll off the recipe. But hold off the pickled cucumbers. Um, so she says, today a K style Epiphany arrived. Did she actually say that? She does. There we go. She says, some background. I was divorced at fifty, and I've been single ever since. Right. Uh, not because I thought that that was the life that I wanted. It was just that I invested so much into my career that there didn't seem to be much energy left to invest in another Ooh, relationship. Right. In hindsight, I've weathered the ups and downs of the decade, and even took up learning to fly. Oh my god, that's extreme. Bought a little plane. Oh, seriously? Yep. Wow. Yep. The best god. stress relief ever. She says. For months now, I've had this uncomfortable feeling about turning. 60 
It's that young or old and contracting or expanding dilemma. I, I get that. Am I young? Am I old? I feel young, but I'm getting old. Do I make my life bigger? Do I make it smaller? I totally get that. She says, I'm struggling to find the middle. Last year, I retired, set up my own business. It's exciting and tiring. I've got gorgeous grandchildren. I've arrived on the scene. And to return to the epiphany, says Avril, I've decided to move into my 60s with less financial strain. Excellent. More time to enjoy life, friends, flying, hiking, my camper van. Oh. And my growing family. Yes, selling my house, moving into a retirement village up the road. Oh, I didn't expect to hear that. Contracting in this area of my life will allow me to expand in other areas of my life. Mm. Time for something new, a more relaxed lifestyle, and your podcasts have helped me come to this semi-retired vision for my 60s. Wow. What's her business, does she say? Uh, She's training. Yeah, she's working in education. And she says, I couldn't be happier. Big hug. And thanks to you, internationally renowned podcasters. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. That's lovely. Did you tell people how to get in touch? (gasps) No, I didn't. Let's do that. Let's do that. I I think this is the point that I need to step in. Right, go on. Get in touch. Go um, on. Christ, I've forgotten what the address is. <laughs> it's something like um, podcast at hgb60.com. How many of these have we done? Podcast at hgb60.com. We'll speak to Colleen after this. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, my God. You've never you've never stayed so quiet with me talking before in your life, have you? I'm just in shock. I'm I'm thinking, is this what happens when you turn sixty? <laughs> which is when? Which is when are you turning sixty? I'm fifty nine in March, so it's twenty twenty five sixty. Yeah. All yeah. right, okay, yeah. right. And how are you feeling about it? Um, do you know what? At the moment, I feel all right. I, I hated my fifties. Funnily enough, I was fine when I actually turned fifty, and then when I got to fifty one. From that moment, I hated it. I just hated it. I felt really, um, I don't know what I felt, actually. And I've never been that kind of person. I loved my 30s, loved my 40s, assumed I'd love my 50s. But I think as soon as the the old menopause started and my kids are grown up and I just felt like, I felt like nature was going, we, we, you're done now. You can pop off now. There's no need for you. Kids don't need you. Your body's like just finishing up now. You finished everything, and I just had this real feel- feeling of um, I don't know what to do with myself now. I don't feel great. Yeah, it was really, and I never expected it. That was the weirdest thing. You know, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to have the menopause growing up because anything but you know periods and stuff, which I suffered with really bad. So I was like, I can't wait for the menopause. And and I'd say for the first year or two, I didn't realize it was mainly to do with menopause I don't know I just I just went this through this really bad stage of feeling really redundant in life actually I just thought oh I don't know if any if I'm good to anyone now if I'm, I'm good enough for anything um but on the plus side I've come through that and I now feel happier and stronger than I've ever felt mm. so I'm hoping that I will take that into my 60s I just think the adjustment has taken me a while at first I thought I don't know how to get out of this feeling. But then gradually over time, I just, you know, I had to say to myself, you're absolutely not done. You've got years and years left. There's loads of things you still want to do. Um, your kids will always need you. They might not need you in a practical sense as far as driving them here, there and everywhere and things like that. But your kids always need you um, for something, and um, which they told me as well. Um, and I thought, just embrace this moment, actually, now, because this is now your moment and your time, you know. Um, so that's what I that's what I ended up doing. And I, like I said, I feel much better now. The thing I must say, I've always, you know, well, known about you and felt about you, you've always been surrounded by 
people, by family, you know, from the youngest age, obviously, with that child star experience that you had. And I, I can't even remember how many siblings you've got, Colleen. How many <laughs> you've got? <laughs> there was I, uh, five sisters and two brothers. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you're one of eight. One of eight. Yeah. And I was the baby. So. With the baby. She was the baby. Yeah, I was the baby. Were you a yeah. spoiled brat? Um, I don't think, I mean, I've asked my family this, you know, I always say to them, was I spoiled? And they were like, no, actually not at all. But equally, my sister said she doesn't ever remember me having any form of a tantrum, like when I was a baby or when I was little. She said, you just always just got on with everything. But it, it's also because I never got a word in. I, I could have had a tantrum, but no one would have listened anyway. Yeah. No, I'm the youngest of four girls. And I don't remember being spoiled, but my big sisters say, oh, yeah, you were spoiled and you were kind of, um, yeah, they, they certainly. Yeah. And I think I always, it's not that when we're all together and actually we were all together recently on a holiday and it's almost like, oh, I can just sink into the background and let everyone else take responsibility. for it's exactly what I do, even now at this age, as soon as we're all together. Um, you know, when we filmed the cruising show? Yeah. And that was the first time we'd all really kind of worked together again and um I instantly went back into being the baby hardly said a word let them do all the talking and they all slotted back into their roles you know my eldest sister Anne became bossy again and telling me off all the time and you know and we all just slipped back into our roles when we're together it's really weird no it's funny because I was saying that to Karen actually just before uh we started do you find it difficult as the youngest and I mean Karen's youngest of four you you've got seven above you almost find it difficult to sort of have authority because all of those ones on top of you just are kind of pushing to you to the side. And it probably affects you in the way that you lead your life. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I think definitely it's that. Um, I never even tried to have authority, really. And they kind of, not in a bad way, I don't mean this in a bad way, um, but... It was quite nice. You know, I didn't have to make decisions. They were all made for me. Even in the act, you know, when we did get famous, you know, when we got really huge in Japan, Kay, you <laughs> left out the word huge. We weren't Sorry, just big. Sorry. We were bloody huge in Japan. Now I'm just huge. <laughs> but, yeah, so even in our, you know, in uh, when we're at the height of our fame, I, I was just told where to go and what to say and where to turn up, you know. And I kind of liked it because it took that pressure off. Um, but there was nobody, there was no other people in the world that were more surprised that I ended up on a chat show, on a panel show, because their biggest annoyance of me when I was in the act was that I never spoke. Really? Like even in, yeah, in interviews, they'd go, Jesus, will you say something when we do interviews or when we were performing live? They'd say, right, you have to introduce this next song. And I'd be like, please don't make me speak. I don't want to speak. I had a real thing about it. And then when I got, first time I got Loose Women, they were like, how the hell have you ended? And I went, because I've had years of not speaking and I can finally get a word in. You know, well, whenever you're not on the show, I can get a word in. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to you saying how you felt in your early 50s when, you know, there was a real mm. shifting of the tectonic plates in a way. Um, you were forced into position. You had to start making decisions about your life. Mm. And so you didn't have your sister telling you what to do or other people telling you what to do. What Was that then a big thing to realise, well, this is this is me and I've got to make this happen? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think it probably started as well, you know, when my marriage to Ray was, you know, bad at that point and... And there was an element of, do I just, and it wasn't bad in a way that we were rowing or anyone else was involved. It was just, you know, Kira was then like 15, 16, and I realized that actually she was the glue holding us together. And But we got on, really. Um, but it was that moment of, do I settle now just because I'm in my 50s? Like, do I just go, well, this is how it's going to be. We'll just settle. And it was a, a real light bulb moment of, I don't want to settle I don't think you should have to settle whatever age you are. And that gave me a boost of confidence, not only to then go ahead and go through with the divorce and sort all that out, but then, you know, then I got my own house, totally my own house. And there's an element of, I thought, I've done this and I have done it on my own, which proves that I can do it on my own. And I'm glad we didn't settle. 
And I know he's glad we didn't settle. And like you, and we're great, great friends now. You know, he's playing guitar on my tour. You know, he's my guitarist. And while we've been rehearsing, he's been staying at the house. And and it, we get on so much better now. Whereas if I'd have just thought, oh, I don't want to be single again in my 50s, you know, um, we'd still be just plodding along. And neither of us were happy, really, mm. with everything. So, yeah, there was loads. And maybe that's why my 50s have felt like such a mountain to climb because I had this personal battle going on with my inner feelings. But then I had this other battle of almost starting again my whole life in my 50s and starting it alone. You know, I've been in relationships and marriages since I was, you know, 15. I had a four-year relationship, then a two-year relationship. Then I met Shane and we got married. And it's always been with somebody, like my whole life. I've very rarely spent any time on my own. And it felt fantastic, actually. I felt really empowered and I can do this. I'm proud of myself. Um, it was just a, it was just a really great moment for me, but it took me, I think it, I'm not bigging myself up, but I had to find the courage to do that because the easiest route would have been, oh, well, you know, I'm 54 or whatever I was when we got divorced. I may as well just stay, you know, everything's settled. Um, but I knew that I didn't want to. So, um, yeah. And I'm in a really happy place now. Thank the Lord. Are you living on your own at the moment? Uh, no, so I was on my own for about four years. I stayed on my own after Ray, um, and then I met my partner that I'm with now. So I, ha- I have someone now. And how was that then? Being on your own and then inviting somebody else in. Oh, do you know what? It's been the best thing because I know exactly what I wanted. I know exactly he knows exactly what I want. You know, I, I've I've kind of grown in the way that I'm not here to just do everything and please someone because they want to do it, even though inside I'm thinking, I don't want to go there or I don't want to. Now I go, no, I don't want to do that. This is what I'm doing. You know, he came in very much on the, this is my mad, crazy life, which it is, you know, with all the animals. And I've constantly got people staying, kids and their friends living here. And and it is a minefield when you walked in, but um, he's taken it all in his stride. And it's it's nice to be with somebody because you want to be and not because you need to be, you know, I don't need to be with anyone. I'm with him because I want to be. And that's a much better feeling for me. Do you get married again? Would I get married? I always said after my, after my marriage failed, not failed, I hate the word failed. It didn't fail. Just petered out. Um, I, my one thing was I was very open to meeting someone again. I thought I don't want to spend the rest of my life on my own, but my main thing was I'm definitely never getting married. There's no need to get married. I don't want to get married because when marriage is good, it's great. But when it goes wrong and it ends, it's horrendous. And I thought, I'm not doing that again. There's no need. But I don't know now. I don't know. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I I think Michael would like to get married at some point. Um, But I'm very much like, I, I have days where I say to him, why? It's all fine. Don't need to. You know, we kind of are anyway. Um, but I don't know. I mean, he's, he's, he very much would like to actually, but I don't know. But having said that, I'm saying, I don't know now. Whereas before it was definitely not, I'm definitely not. But if it meant something to him and it meant a lot to him, then maybe I would, I don't know, but I'd bloody make him sign a great big piece of paper before we did. Cause I'm not going through that again. Would you? Would you really? Yes. yes 100%. Well, like prenup. Hundred percent, yeah. Are they, never... worth, are they even worth the money they're written on? Yeah, what? they are actually. Apparently, they are. So I've looked into it. Um, but yeah, no, I would. Yeah, but whoever I was with. What is that? An insurance policy or what? what? Oh, just because it's sorted from there and then, I, you know, and it's a reference point because no one thinks they're going to split up. No one, th- you know, I got married twice thinking both of them, you know, the first one, the first time, obviously Ray, the second time, thought they were for my life. I mean, I never went into marriage going, oh, what if it doesn't work? It was going to work. And neither of them did in the end. And um, the, uh, you know, it's traumatic enough on an emotional level going through it. 
but when then the solicitors are involved and then you're dividing up everything that you're all meant to have and blah, blah, blah. It's just because what it comes down to is who owes what. How much have you got? Give him 50% off your trot. Mm. And it's a horrible stage. And I would like to have that stage worked out that if this doesn't work out, which I hope it will forevermore, if it doesn't, this is the situation that will, that is in writing in a legal form that's all and I've never been I've always been against prenups because I find them really unromantic and very much like you're going into it going it probably won't work so sign this but now my sensible head is going well hopefully it'll work for the rest of my life and we'll never have to look at that piece of paper again but what I went through on my last divorce I don't ever want to go through that again there is an element as well when you go through it there are times even though I never you know I didn't hate Ray and all of that but there were times where I was going Oh my God, this is so unfair. What, <laughs> you know what I mean? What makes that so difficult? And I know it sounds a bit of a stupid question, but you know, you were saying you didn't want to settle. There's lots of people, men and women, who have been in long term relationships and they do settle because they do look at the process of splitting up and they mm. think that's too hard. I just don't want to do that. Well, I had that kind of argument, not argument, but I had that discussion with Ray because I think Ray would have settled. And mm. his attitude was, well, this is what happens when you're in long relationships. It just always ends up like this. But in my head, I was thinking, not in my mind, it doesn't. Not in my life, it doesn't. And it wasn't that we were arguing or anything, but we had totally different outlooks on life. You know, we didn't like the same thing socially. Um, you know, we didn't, you know, I'm a, a getting up early in the morning type person He's a going. He's a musician, so he'd go to bed at three or four. I'm up at seven. He wouldn't get up till two or three the next day. And it was like we were like in the same house but separate. It made me think that um, just that Kira was our glue. You know, while she was growing up, we're both obsessed with our daughter. We love her to bits. So everything we did together normally involved her, whether it was a thing at school or at the time she still is into horses. So we'd go to horse shows together, all things like that. Once Kira grew up and actually wanted to be with her friends, she wasn't doing horse shows anymore. She'd finished school. It was like, it was just a moment of, oh, we don't have anything in common other than Kira. We yeah. just didn't. But not in a bad way. Like, it wasn't in a rowing way. You know, I'd say to him, should we go out for a lovely meal tonight? And his attitude would be, well, there's food in the fridge. Oh. I'm like, you know, should we go to the pictures? Well, we can put we can put oh. Sky on or Netflix. And I'm like, Oh, God, you're missing the point. And then he'd want to go out, but it would be to go out and stay out till three or four in the morning and get absolutely, you know, a proper ah. night out. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to do that. I would, but I didn't want to. Mm. Um, it was just all those things where I thought, look, this just isn't working. It's interesting, you know, that, you know, you're saying about Kira and obviously when you were with Shane, you had the, the boys. The boys, uh, yeah. Shane and Jake. Whereas in your new relationship with Michael, there's no... Mm child to glue you together which yeah must make it a very different thing does it It, it's a completely different relationship I I actually feel very grown up for the first time in my life I don't feel like a silly little whatever teenager in a relationship I feel like a grown woman with my own mind um and I feel for the first time it's a hundred percent partnership partnership we've got everything in common I mean there's obviously things um, you know, not everything in common, you know, there's music he likes that I don't or vice versa. But as major things go, it's so, um, in fact, we were just having this discussion before because I was saying, oh, I've got to go and get ready to do the podcast, but I need to clean up, you know, because we're going to be rehearsing after this. Um, we're having another vocal rehearsal after this for the tour. And um, he straight away said, no, you go and get ready. I'll tidy up. I'll sort the dogs out. I've never been with anyone that's ever done that, ever. They've gone, oh, God, what are you going to do? I'm going, you're just sitting there watching telly. You know what I mean? It was just, it's like having a grown-up relationship of how they should be. Where did you meet? On Tinder. Oh, did you know? That's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whenever, I, whenever I get on his nerves, I always go, do you wish you'd have swiped left? <laughs> he goes, <laughs> He goes, yeah, I really do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we met on that, Tinder. What makes this relationship different and what do you want out of it that's different? 
Do you know what? For the first time in my life, because as you know, we live a kind of crazy, unpredictable, quite insecure life, really, as far as work and all those things. I want, I just want to be peaceful and calm in my personal life. And and he gives me such a, he brings such a calmness to my crazy life. Um, not only professionally, but also, you know, personally. It's crazy here. There's so many people, so many animals. I'm like doing this now, but after this, I've got to run out and do the goats or whatever. Ashley's probably done them, to be fair. But, you know, just all things like that. But he just brings this when I'm like, especially now, I'm so nervous about this tour. So I'm really stressed and I'm not sleeping. And and when I get like, oh, God, I'm not, I don't know it. I don't, I, I just don't know if I can do this. He's always just this calmness that he brings to me. Nothing's a drama. And um, I've never had that. And it's a beautiful, beautiful feeling, actually. I can look at him and instantly go, it'll be all right. So your 50s have been really transformative for you then? Oh, all the way through. And also, let me tell you, I was so messed up that I actually finished with Michael three times since we've met. We'll be three years together, but I've finished with him three times. And it was nothing to do with him. That was all to do. I went and had therapy because I thought, I'm so I'm so mixed up because I wasn't used to being with somebody like that. And at first it was making me go, what are you doing? Like, what? stop doing that. Stop giving really, me a cup of tea. Yeah, it was. Like, I'd go, I'm going to Tesco's, and you go, okay, I'll come with you. And in my head, I'm thinking, why are you coming to Tesco's? Like, why are you coming to the supermarket with me? You know what I mean? It was all it's so different that I was kind of pushing everything that I'd wanted in my life from a, a relationship was pushing it away because I wasn't used to it. And, you know, it took a therapist to say, you know, you're referring to type. That's what you're used to. And so in your head, that's what a relationship is. But actually, that's what you need and that's what you want. You've just got to let it, accept it and let it in. And it took therapy. And I'm so glad I went to therapy. And I'm so glad I let that in. But she was right. So I'm thinking about this email from Avril there who... Mm -hmm. Same age as you, and so now she's thinking, and interesting, she was single for her 50s, and she's thinking, right, okay, what do I want from this next bit? And sort of trying to get her head around, I'm a young person, I'm an old person, do I want a mm. bigger life, do I want a smaller life? What are you thinking around all that stuff? Um, I think it's I think it's a difficult one. I loved Avril's email, actually. I was sitting there thinking, yes, go on, because I think more of us need to do that, you know, I it's like, I know I keep bringing it back to this tour, but this is a massive thing for me because it's something that I knew I wanted to do because I've been singing and performing since I was two years old and with my family. And we did, as you know, the big reunion tour in 2009. And then sadly, we were meant to be doing a, going again, but then Bernie got ill and we lost Bernie. And so we never did it again. And I got, it was only last year really where I thought, it was when Linda was re-diagnosed when the cancer had gone to Linda's brain. And and I sat here and thought, oh God, like what am I going to, when I get to a point, whenever that is where I just can't do things anymore, what am I, what are the things I'm going to regret? And one of them was performing. And I, and I, I, I remember saying it to Linda you know, I, I I just feel like I want to perform just one, even if it's just once more, just to do it. And she said, do it. And I said, well, I might do it next year or maybe the year after. Or, And she said, please do it now because, you know, Bernie was going to do it the year after. I, there's things I was going to do next year and I probably won't now. And, and it was her saying it and I thought, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do that thing of feel the fear and do it anyway and just do it. And, um, I think I think more people need to to think like that. Really, if you've got things you want to do, it sh age shouldn't stop you, you know. And people's attitude to your age shouldn't stop you. Um, just don't get to the end part of your life whenever that is and think, oh, damn it, I should have just done it. Mm. And um, and I think. The things that I've gone through, you know, with making the decision about in my 50s being divorced again and moving house. And I think all of that has just given me more and more confidence as I've gone along to go, 
I'm going to do it. You know, I've now taken more control. I'm now not scared to say no to things anymore, you know, on a professional level. Whereas before I thought I always had to say yes because I might upset someone or they might not use me again or I'll lose my job. It's kind of like, well, if I feel uncomfortable, I'm going to say no now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm more I'm more confident doing that. Well, so a, a big leap then to do the, the tour and it obviously means a lot to you. I mean, it's called... Yeah naked but it sounds as if it's about more being emotionally naked than anything else it is it's about when someone said to me how's how's it going to make you feel we hadn't even thought of a name of it in fact i was talking to michael my other half and i said it it makes me feel really vulnerable Mm. um you know and very exposed because i've never been on stage on my own ever and he was the one that said why don't you call it naked which made me laugh and then i thought that's brilliant actually because it is funny and it's exactly how i feel I will feel totally naked on stage. So that's how I got the name. Feeling the fear and doing it anyway. I mean, mm. you're nervous, yeah? No, about- okay, like sleepless nights, <laughs> never off the toilet. <laughs> really, really? You're, you're breaking- I'm literally eating emodium like fruit pastilles. Jenna, <laughs> <laughs> come on, you were talking about poo. Kay's into poo. <laughs> I love it. I'll come and put a stick in it if you like. <laughs> but it doesn't sound as if it'll take a stick, to be honest. No, it, won't. it won't, no. Bit of cornflower, uh, maybe. Do that, though. I mean, well, do you know, I was speaking to Denise. We were texting Denise. Well, she opens on the, in her play the same night that I'm opening. And she actually texted me and put, Why are we doing this to ourselves? But you know, as scared as I am, and I am terrified, it's making me feel alive actually as well it is that adrenaline is making me think god this is this is good you know and you know even if the worst happened on the opening night or whatever i don't know um well no one's gonna die but what it will be is hopefully um and if i only do this one tour and never do it again i will never have that regret of that i didn't try Mm. So that's why I want to do it. Well, it, listen, you will be fantastic. And I saw you when you performed All the Sisters and you were you came to Glasgow and, and, and Bernie was part of the lineup then. It was an yeah. amazing night. The crowd absolutely loved you and <laughs> it will be the same this time. But I, I understand people could tell you that till the cows come home, but until you've gone out and felt it yourself, yeah, I believe it. But I was, just, I was talking earlier about my cervical smear. Um, yes, you were. I mean, you really go into detail, don't you? <laughs> yes, we do. But it's it's quite interesting that it's the last one. And, you know, the next letter you get will probably be your last one. Last one, yeah. Which, which is a bit of a kind of moment. I know, I know. But it brings us back to cancer. And, you know, it's kind of run through your life for, for yeah. the last how many years? 24 years. And got it. She got breast cancer in 2000. Um, She's touch wood. She's fine. She got... She got cancer again in 2021 or 22, and again, she's fine. Uh, Bernie Bernie got it in 2010 and passed away in 2013. Linda got it in first time in 2006, and then um, she hers came back in 2000, same time as Anne's, actually, 21, I think it was, or 22. Um, and then Linda's has since spread. Yeah, it came back in Linda's hip. She fell up the stairs, actually, and broke her hip. And that's when they discovered that she had secondary breast cancer in her hip. But she'd had 10 years of, of um, being clear. Um, and then since then, it's gone to her brain. But she's still amazing, honestly. She's still always out, loving life, living life. Casually goes, you know, I'm going, what, what are you doing? I'm just going to have my chemo, and then I'll meet you all after I mean, it's like I'm just going to the supermarket and I'll meet you. She just takes it in her stride. She's unbelievable. Do you not live with a fear that that you're going to be next? Yeah, yeah, very much so. So I go and see a breast specialist every year and I now get a mammogram every two years um, and I constantly check myself and if there's anything I'm scared about, I go and I go back and see him. Um, so I'm quite vigilant with myself. They didn't carry the gene. They didn't, like, none of them carried the BRCA1 or BRCA2 gene. But there's since been so many more gen- genes discovered in connection. So they think it is probably as gene connected, but they've just not the obvious ones. 
and there's new tests now. I mean, it's just a big decision. I mean, if I found out I had the gene, would I have elective double mastectomy? I always said I absolutely would. And again, Linda has said to me that she doesn't want me to. She was like, I just wouldn't want you to. I just want you to be vigilant because, well, she just said to me, you know, it's such a, it's a big operation. She's had it. Um, the recovery from it's hard. And she said, I'd be so gutted for you if you went through all that and then you got cancer somewhere else because it doesn't stop you getting cancer. We just stop you getting breast cancer. It doesn't necessarily mean it stop you getting cancer. But I don't know. I think I probably, I, I probably would do that. Um, but yeah, I, obviously, it just loves our family. You know, I've now got pre-melanoma, you know, skin cancer. Um, and I had a carcinoma on my shoulder, which they've got rid of. But after the tour, I've got to go and get these marks on my face because they're melanomas, um, which are fine now, but later on in life will turn into cancer. So I need to get rid of them now. But yeah, cancer just seems to love our family for some reason. I mean, this is sensitive, but does it not make you think, right, I have to change my health? I have to, I mean, you know, some people will run a marathon, will, you know, think, right, I've got to grab a hold of this. Oh, it very much. I mean, yeah, it very much has as far as food and everything goes, very much so. You know, I went plant-based during COVID, um, which helped so many, so much of my physical problems. It helped my joints and my bad back and all of that. Um, so, yeah, very much so on the diet front. I'm not going to run a marathon. <laughs> you can't carry these in a marathon, Kay. You'd be, be all right. <laughs> You'd be all right. But this is like three of us running a marathon and I'm carrying two of them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do that. But yeah, very much, very much now aware of, you know, diet and what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. And don't get me wrong, nowadays, it's sometimes I have a day off and I don't run a marathon, I might eat one. Um, but but other than that, I'm much more aware than I used to be about food, very much so, yeah. um, because it's important, you know. But it's not just, you know, I mean, you could worry yourself to death, and some days I do, and I have to snap myself out of that because it's not just cancer. Of course, my mum had Alzheimer's, which is my greatest fear of all is Alzheimer's. And, again, you know, whenever you do get to an age, and I think some of this is menopause, where you forget things. But for me... I get so upset by it because I think, oh, I've got dementia. I'm getting dementia. I'm getting dementia, you know. So I'm aware of all of those things, but I'm just trying not to live in a bubble of anxiety all my life. And But what it's making me do is go, while you do feel well and you do feel great, do what you need to do. Do yeah. what you need to do. And that's what I'm doing. So Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Who'd introduce us to Donny Osmond? Donny Osmond. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, Donny Osmond. I did mention you, but he said no. He said, "Who?" To be honest, he said, "Who? Who's Kay?" <laughs> and can we, I just point something else out? I've never had a thing with Jimmy. Are you sure? That long hair. Oh, I tried. No, he's a year older than me. But um, how are you even still sitting next to Kay when she said that about your teeth? Fuck knows. I have no idea. Honestly, that shocking. I, there, there must be some sort of torture that i enjoy i have uh, no yeah. idea actually it's yeah, not honestly not sitting here for the comfort or the pleasure well, or the i have no idea Lynn, you're absolutely right all i can <laughs> say is that at least on my own karen i would like to introduce you to my new companion who she's called poppy she's very stylish classy accommodating versatile and if you get up close and you sniff her <laughs> uh, she has a wonderful smell of leather Oh, I love the smell of leather. <laughs> I'm slightly confused. What are we talking when about? You bag, when you buy Poppy, is the style. It's from a small Scottish company called Sarah Harron. Uh, Sarah was working in the corporate world. She couldn't find a functional bag that looked great, so she decided to create a whole range of them. Oh, very nice. Listen, I'm loving the pink lining. God, no, these pockets. I know I've got one for my iPad. I've got one for my water bottle. I've got room for a spare pair of knickknacks for an overnight. What about the handles? Well, you've got a choice. I like a backpack, so I use the backpack handles. Or you've got the short straps. And also this detachable pouch I can take off and either use as a clutch or as a shoulder strap. So I like that. It's like... Two, three bags in one. Yeah. Now, what about the colours? Different colours? Lots of different colours, lots of different ways you can style it. Tell you what, this will see me out, this bag. It's got more years in it than I've got. 
also a great gift for someone that you really value and respect. Okay. Don't hold your breath. Visit the Sarah Harron website now where you'll receive an exclusive offer of 20% off your first bag. And not only that, you will also get three accessories absolutely free so you can start styling your bag right away. Just enter the code K K A Y E at the checkout to receive this incredible offer. Bingo, bingo, bingo. So I'm looking for two numbers from you between uh, 1 and 60. Uh, 10. 10, right. Ooh, have you been lucky in love? I've been very lucky in love. I've had I've had two, although they didn't last. When they were good, they were great marriages, and we got three beautiful children out of the two of them. So it was fantastic. And I've been very, very lucky to find a fantastic love again. So I... I consider myself very lucky in love. You know what? I think it's a great thing to say that even though a relationship came to an end, doesn't necessarily mean that there weren't great bits of it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you've been in an extremely abusive relationship, you don't want to stay friends with them. But th- that was never that was never the problem with me. It was just, you know... Mm. Um, so yeah, and, and for me, it's about the kids and they've got fantastic relationships. The fact that their dads can be here in this house with them is amazing to me. And that's all that matters. So we get on great. Um, and I'm very lucky that I swiped right on the right man. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Give us another number. Um, well, I have to say, uh, I'll say 59 because that's Ooh, what I'm right. going to be next. Jeez. Uh, all right. What do you most enjoy? Um, getting dressed uh-huh. up in your glam stuff, yeah, or jeans and a t-shirt? A jeans and a t-shirt, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, actually, probably pajamas before that, but definitely jeans and a t-shirt. I can't bear getting glammed up because that means you have to wear heels. Oh mm. right, don't like heels then. Oh no, can't be doing with heels. But they, if you're going to get glammed up and wear a gorgeous dress, you've got to wear heels. But then I spend the whole night thinking I cannot wait to get home and get my PJs on and my slippers. Right. Because you're actually a bit of a country girl, aren't you? I mean, with Very the- much so. I'm never in heels. I'm always in boots or trainers yeah. and com- and comfies, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's why I don't go to a lot of things I get invited to. You know, we get invited to a lot of, like, red carpet events and that. And my management think I'm insane because every time they email, I go, no, thanks. <laughs> Um, listen, <laughs> Khalid, thanks so much. Uh, and I've loved it. I've really enjoyed it. And Colleen Shows Naked is in Bolton tonight. That's Friday, February the 16th, and then all across the country until the end of March. Next week, it is the breakout star of the BBC's hit show, The Traitors, Diane Carson. Diane was happily enjoying retirement when suddenly she and son Ross became household names. She's enjoying every minute of it. Yeah.